There is a psychopath in Russia, he's the boss. He does judo hunts, he rides shackles on a horse. For 20 years, he wins every election. With a hundred and seven percentage of the votes. He prison all the opposition, partied with the oligarchs. Now he tells himself he is a savior in the war on the embarks. Blah, blah, go for comfort of Ukraine. This is a war that nobody wants. Blah, blah, Putin, history will never stay. Barbaroff Kilter live from the gated community, the gated community where retired presenters spend the last days talking to themselves. And I've been talking to myself a lot today. I've just come away from that TV program. You know the one where the woman turns up at the uh, recycling place and she takes stuff off of people and then she gets people to do it up and then sells it again. It's brilliant. I'd love to be there when they actually do the, you know, they do the whole thing for the... Uh, uh, you know, they pitch for that. Oh, we go to the uh, recycling centre, we take some junk, paint it and sell it for a fortune. Love it. Three series, please, and 12 episodes per series. Uh, I haven't got much music for you today because uh, there's too much to talk about. Too much to talk about. Uh, but this is probably one of the best ideas I've, I've seen in a long, long while. Call to strip health secretary of salary or gross mismanagement of the NHS. Hallelujah! The chaos never ends. Lib Dems say Steve Bartley could lose £67,505 uh, ministerial pay. That's what he gets for being the health secretary. That's on top of his weight. Get a load of this. The Liberal Democrats, now you remember them? They used to be a political force. Well, they're still around. The Liberal Democrats are tabling a, a parliamentary motion to strip Health Secretary Steve Barclay of his ministerial salary because of the chaos in the services he oversees. With the NHS facing strikes by nurses and ambulance staff, uh, up the workers! The waiting list for treatment topping 7 million and emergency waiting times lengthening. The censure motion put forward by the Lib Dems states that Mr Barclay uh, should forfeit the cash for gross mismanagement. I love this idea. 
Uh, Liberal Democrat health uh, spokesman Daisy Cooper said her party feels Mr Barclay is no longer worthy of the 67 grand he receives at Secretary of State on top of his 82,000 grand. And I think Barclay, was Barclay, did Trust get rid of Barclay? I can't remember because some of them were fired and then back in. The unique way the democratic uh, process works. Oh, a few planes flying over. Ah, uh, it's maybe, uh, maybe GCHQ, you know, as soon as you see a member of the government and you get spied on. The censure motion tabled by Mrs Cooper in the House of Commons has no prospect of passing, but we used by her party to highlight the dissatisfaction with the state of the NHS. You betcha. I don't think the health secretary deserves his ministerial salary because nothing in the health department is working, says Mrs Cooper. The public, the nurses and the paramedics have also lost faith in them. The chaos never ends with this government, if conservative government. If the ministers can't govern the country, keep ambulance services running and staff our hospitals, then they should be paid a ministerial salary. It's as simple as that. Now, I've got to talk about this because I think it's a great idea. She added, for months on end, our hospitals and GP services have been at breaking point, whilst health ministers such as Steve Martley sat on their hands. This gross incompetence and downright arrogance proves they are not worthy of a ministerial salary. The clock is ticking to save our NHS from strike chaos until the health secretary bucks up his ideas. He shouldn't be receiving um, a minister's uh, salary. Now, thinking of this, um, think about this. We, we, you know, the Tories love the capitalist society. They love the uh, the reward, the you know, for you know, profit, profits everything. They're saying, of course, that inflation is caused by wage rises, but we haven't had wage rises in the last three years, probably more. But inflation's caused by wage rises, but we haven't got... Here's what's causing wage rises. Yeah, inflation, profit. Profit, everybody. It's the wonderful thing from the Tories. Make as much money and it costs more to buy things and the profit goes to them. They're even bloody um, increasing the price of uh, aut um, antibiotics because we need an antibiotics for the kids and other people are going... In fact, my son, my eldest son's got a really bad throat at the moment. My granddaughter had uh, strep A at the weekend. So we had to get antibiotics. That's another story. I talked about that yesterday, I think. But that's the capitalist dream, isn't it? The wet dream. Make money, charge more. Us, the plebs, buy more. It's all there. However, think about this. That if we put the government on the gig economy, i.e. you only get paid on results, for instance, if you put your manifesto out, we are going to hold you to that. You don't get a pay up front. You don't get paid. You'll get paid at the end of the year. You'll be given a retainer to, to you know, um, there'll be no contract. Well, no, you're not going to contract. But you'll be given, you know, and if you get if you deliver what you say in your manifesto, we will pay you money. How wonderful is that? It's the perfect thing. But if you don't do it, your arse is out the window. Cheery bye. Bring on the next one. You would, you would think the Conservatives would love that, wouldn't they? Well, you think it would be good? Yeah, okay, I'll do that. I'll do it. Yeah, the gig economy is, uh, is where it's at. That's what we want for the postal service as well. They want people, agency people, to come in and work for less rights and less uh, holiday pay and all that stuff. So it's right up the street. What do you think? Eh? Why don't you contact your local MP and ask them, why don't we put you on a short-term contract, three months at a time? And we'll review it each three months. 
Talking of Barkley, uh, I saw something yesterday. He said he was going to meet up with the RCN, Pat Cullen from the RCN. And, uh, uh, but he did say this, uh, we're not going to talk about money. There's no way Dries is going to be uh, talked about at all. So just don't even think about it. Don't think for a second you're getting paid. We're just going to talk about conditions. And the conditions will be, take what you've been offered from, from the uh, independent pay review body, which is independent, who's set up by the government, and they advise the, uh, the review body what they want. Uh, anyway, Pat Cullen went to the meeting and uh, here's what happened. The government held true to their word this afternoon and they refused to discuss pay with me in the room this afternoon. So is part of you wondering why they held those talks in the first place? Because you made Absolutely. it very clear the pay had to be on the table before you would go along and talk. Look, if the, I have made it very clear that if they want to avert the strike on Thursday uh, and on the 20th of December and moving forward, we needed to get into a room with myself to discuss pay or with conciliation through ACAS. Um, I went into that room today with hopes, uh, obviously, and um, came out with not one single brown penny um, for our nursing okay, staff. Okay, but the hopes and a preparation to comp compromise a, a little, perhaps? I said, let's open the discussions today, let's open the negotiations, but there's no point in me getting into that because uh, the Secretary of State made it very clear. Um, the books are closed. They've accepted PRB. We haven't. Um, our nursing staff haven't. Uh, the largest mandate that any um, trade union has had in a very long time, and he refused to listen. This is PRB, the pay review Absolutely. body, which, uh, which the which government says is responsible for deciding the, yes. the size of the rise. Mm -hmm, it is. And we have provided evidence um, year on year to the pay review body. That evidence gets ignored. Um, and, you know, let's be clear, the pay review body is not independent. The pay review body remit is set by government. Um, and those letters are a matter of record on their website and what they say. They tell the PRB it's their pay round. They tell them basically what they should be providing. And then the system, the organisations that employ our nurses, were told last this year to um, budget for 3%. And Kel Surprise, what does PRB offer? 3%. Kel Surprise, 3% comes out. <laughs> Do you see what they did? Can you imagine the arrogance of Barclay getting them in there and uh, Pat Cullen, Pat Cullen suggested the meeting. She said, you know, your doors, uh, Barclay, uh, the man with his door all would open. That's not a euphemism, but perhaps it should be. And he says, come and see me. I want to talk this through. We're adults. Let's do this. She offers him conciliation, ACAS. Doesn't want that. She offers to kind of sit around the table and let's go through the whole process, including pay rises. Doesn't that? What he does arrogantly, he just stands up and shuts his book and goes, see ya. And the blame is put on the RCN, it's got nothing to do with the RCN, this. It's all to do with a government that doesn't want the NHS. Let's get to the nitty gritty. They don't want the NHS. The Tories have never liked the NHS. They hate the idea of something for nothing, but it's not for nothing, is it? We pay towards it. You remember the last kind of budget, but one, they were putting 1% or something onto whatever, and it was going directly to uh, hospitals and social care. What's happened to that? Where's that money gone? But Bartley is seen as the, uh, the backbencher's hero. And so the other ones, Harper as well. Harper, Mark Harper, I thought was going to be quite a good Tory guy. But he turns out he says, is a bam like the rest of them. They don't care. And Sunak was out today talking about they're going to clear the backlog of uh, uh, the whole backlog of 
uh, immigration by 2023. Bollocks. It'll never, ever happen. It'll never happen. But the only reason he's saying it, because there's 50 backbenchers from, and from like the ERG saying, get it done, mighty, or your arse is out the window too and we'll get somebody else that'll do it. That's where we're at. This isn't a government, a front bench government. It's the backbenchers. It's Reeves Mogg et al. and all that lot. They're saying, this is how you'll stay in power. Listen to us. And immigration is, you, we're going to sort out immigration. You, so he's going to sort it out. They've had 12 years to sort it out. And they haven't sorted out immigration. Crazy, isn't it? But that's where we are. MasterChef viewers say ingredients are deliberately being left lying around in the shape of genitalia to appear in the background of scenes. <clears throat> Lemons, courgette, eggs were among ingredients in... What? In C... Dash, 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 and balls conspiracy. Oh, is that... Is that... Hmm? Yeah, and balls conspiracy. Three clips show the ingredients in the background of shots. People watch these things, don't they? They look for phallic symbols. I've watched MasterChef quite a lot. The only thing that's phallic, or then it's kind of say, is, is the double entendre, it's old dag. Whoa, I like a sweet. Oh, yeah, I like a sweet. Yeah. Oh, I wouldn't make love to that pudding. Greg. Uh, videos have gone viral regarding more than 4 million views on TikTok. MasterChef say the ingredients are delivered being left around in the shape of the genitalia. I love genitalias. I think I've got some. And then, yeah, I think they're behind the Branson pickle. Can I have some genitalia, mate? Lovely son. Okay, there you go. Bag of genitalia. You want some fallopian tubes? Once a bit, yeah, I've got some fallopian tubes as well. Lemons, a courgette, several eggs, a stick of rhubarb and a bottle, a bottle of juice have all become embroiled in what fans at BBC show have dubbed the CU yeah, and ball conspiracy. The videos have gone viral and people have been seeing it and getting angry. And viewers are convinced the conspiracy is real, theorising the ingredient arrangements always show after the camera pans to a big M logo in the background. Greg Wallace and Marcus Weary have been pushing chefs to the limit, uh, but it's the arrangement of food that's stolen the show on social media. As the judges set out to taste uh, Chris Finnegan's latest dish on the show, the camera panned across to reveal two eggs, either side of a piece of rhubarb, creating what uh, TikTok users dubbed as a phallic shape. <laughs> phallic rhubarb. <laughs> Oh dear, I just watch TV programme for the cooking. I just don't look, why don't we just make a show? Phallic symbols. Phallic rhubarb, let's put that one down for a wee bit of a buzz for the show. One person even proclaimed it could be the most single most important conspiracy theory of our time, adding man is on to something. Ren said, I've seen two of these videos, and honestly, there's more than enough for me to believe it. Another person said that there's a proper theory I can get behind. Sai added, it's always there after the logo appears. And some suggest that the show's bosses might even be in the conspiracy. Another one, mind you, I've just seen a picture of the two eggs and the rhubarb, but it does look very suggestive. <laughs> it does, to be fair. If I was working that show, I'd just put cocks and vaginas all over the place. 
as, as food. I don't mean I'd literally put, you know, I'd put symbols. Another one, someone in set design probably did this. Maybe they've seen the vibrant. Maybe they know that we are onto them. Maybe they called a hit on you. I don't know. Another person joked, some intern is having the time of their life right now. Aye, that's more like it. But perhaps uh, others say the conspiracy theory may even go deeper than Massachusetts, perhaps even to the owner of the account who first called attention to the ambiguous states. Ong said, plot twist, the owner of the account works on the set and is, one, is the one doing it. And M joked, you guys are seeing things that aren't there. Mm. I'm going to look at it a different way now. Phallic rhubarb. Now, let's just talk about something this morning. Uh, you know, uh, Richard uh, Maidley, I like to call him Big Dick Maidley. Uh, he was on talking to uh, Lynch today. And Maidley was on one. He, you know, when he gets, you know he's on one because uh, Kate Garraway just sat there quietly because he was on one. He just went flying off on one. Anyway, he's talking to Mick Lynch from the RMT union. And listen to this. And some people thought Maidley did a good job. You have a listen to this and you tell me what you think. Let's focus on Christmas now. And I'm not being sentimental about this. Um, you will know, because you keep an eye on the opinion polls, that many people who support your right to strike and who support your basic thrust and your, and your cause are appalled that you're striking over Christmas, over this Christmas week. Uh, they feel that it's an act of almost sadism and unkindness. Whatever happened to Christmas kindness? Why couldn't you put all of these strikes, every single one of them, into January? Why do you have to target people at Christmas? Because you're gonna be putting people out of business who run, who run hotels, who run restaurants, who run bars and retailers. This is the time of year where they make their money and you are robbing them of their income for the coming year. Many of them are saying they're gonna go bust. Well, we're not targeting Christmas. This it isn't Christmas yet, Richard. I don't know when your Christmas starts, but mine starts on Christmas Eve. So we are striking at this time That's because we've not got Christmas, a settlement. Commercial Christmas and, starts in and, December. You know well, that. It's not well. You're being disingenuous. It's not disingenuous, is it? It is disingenuous. So, of course it is. Well, Christmas, let me finish commercial Christmas does not start on Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve is when people Richard, shut early. Don't be ridiculous. Richard, you're just talking to yourself. Commercial Christmas starts at the end of November you're, and you're early ranting. December, and that's when people make their money, and you are Richard, depriving them of their now. income. That's the point. Right. Have you finished then? Well, uh, will you you're answer the question, Mr. Lynch, and then I'll shut up? Well, I have answered the question, so, well, OK, oh, if you give me a minute, I will. No, you said that Christmas so started on Christmas Eve, and that's nonsense. That, that, I won't let you get away with nonsense. Well, you're, Christmas you're, you're does not start on Christmas now, Eve. Richard. So let's just be clear. It starts in early December, right. and that's what we're talking do you, about. Do you want to... Richard, why don't you just interview yourself if you want to Cheap talk point, to me Mr. Like Lynch, this. I'm holding you to account on behalf of the viewers, not on behalf of myself. I'm no, not interested not. in the sound you're, of my own voice. I'd like to hear yours answering the question. You're just talking to yourself question. at the moment. I'd like to hear yours answering the question. Well, if why you'd do like you have to, to hear mine, Christmas? why don't you stop talking for a second? Because you won't answer the question, and until you, you do, I'll keep now? interrupting. It's my job. On you go. Good job, Rob. Well, you can't interrupt me if you don't let me talk. Uh, you just okay. said... Well, no, please sorry, you told you. just said that, that Christmas speak. begins on Christmas Eve and that has to be challenged. So, would you come back and answer the point about why you're taking the action over the le weeks leading up to Christmas? Destroying many Are people's Are you going to Christmases. let me speak now? Yes, please do. Are you going to let me speak? Yes, please right. do. I told you that Network Rail will start imposing these changes from tomorrow, from December the 15th. They told us that three weeks ago. They told us that the consultation process had finished and they will move towards implementation. So our strike action is, is in response to that. 
The strike action we're taking at Christmas is during the Christmas close down where there will be no passenger services running after the evening of December the 24th. So that does not impact on Christmas because the railway is closed down from the 25th to the 26th into the 27th. And that's when we're taking the action that you're referring to. This week's action was given with three weeks notice, well in advance so that we could get negotiations going. And we haven't actually had strike action for eight weeks. <laughs> no, let's just dissect that just for a second. He did say, didn't they write to say, Christmas starts in November or thereabouts, didn't he? He said something like that. But as it went on, he said, well, the lead up to Christmas, right? And <laughs> Mick Lynch, I don't know why they try it with Mick Lynch, because he doesn't give us stuff. He doesn't care about uh, what they think about him. And that's what really bothers these these presenters. Because they, 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 they want to make their name as the person who back, you know, sorted out Mick Lynch. They'll never do it because he's too clever. He's too clever. And once again, Big Dick Maidley just made himself a bigger dick by trying to look, you know, like big. And I'm, I'm responding to the listeners. The RMT at the moment have got the support of the public. And that really, really grips this lot, doesn't it? That was on GMB. And bless her, Kate Garraway. Kate Garraway is a great interviewer. Because she just, she just knows the question. She doesn't go off on a diatribe like this guy. But even, you know, because Maidley wants, oh, I, well, I don't know. Does he want the gig full time? But I can just imagine, Kate Garraway would just, we would have cut to the chase, just ask her, Mick, you do know you're kind of, you're upsetting people's Christmas plans. And then we could have gone from there. But no, no. Maidley got wrapped just, you know, and Mick Lynch just called him up. He just went, no, no, Christmas starts on the 24th for me. That's disingenuous. <laughs> what was this? 24th is Christmas Eve. I loved it. Absolutely loved it. But I've got another clip of Maidley. Maidley had then, because he said it was kind of sadistic to be holding uh, strikes at this time of year. And the sadism thing was clearly in his head a lot. He had um, he had a, total, a Labour Party MP on, and he was still on the case. Um, but to do it at Christmas seems to be an act of unkindness, and it's destroying quite a few businesses. A lot of restaurateurs and bar owners are saying they're going to go down this Christmas. They're not going to make the money that, that sustains them for the rest of the year. It seems almost sadistic to have picked this wish in the, in the First World War. Actually, the First World War, they actually stopped shooting at each other for a few days. I mean, Christmas is a time to actually set disputes aside. One of the biggest uh, you know, and worst periods of history was World War I. Millions of lives were lost. And in Medley's head, that equates to a strike uh, at Christmas as uh, workers try to get some decent money. That's what his head is at. But the, the ITV will keep on using them because we start talking about it, don't we? Well, I do. Richard Maidley. Um, what else? Have, oh, yeah. Uh, Pope has warned. Let me get a sound effect for you. Pope has warned. Are you seeing the Pope? Yeah, she's, he's ahead of the year. Pope warns he's seen omens of even greater destruction and desolation for mankind. The Pope has offered this harrowing vision of the future, saying he's seen signs of an even darker time for humanity. At a mass at the Vatican, the Pope 85 said on Sunday that he has a dire division for the world with omens of even greater destruction and desolation. The mass was commemorating the feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe 
which fell yesterday. It commemorates the appearance of the Virgin Mary to a young man, Saint Juan Diego. If you see the, if you see, this is what I think is great about the Catholic faith. If you see the Jesus or the, the, uh, the I don't know, the Mary, you get, you get to become a saint. Uh, the day is a national holiday, and it's apparently. And but despite the current difficult times for the world, including wars, particularly Russia's conflict in Ukraine, the rising cost of living, poverty, famine, and an international energy crisis, the Pope said he's a vision that things will get worse. I don't know how to put this to the Pope, but I think we all know that. Because what's his name, Jeremy Hunt? He was telling us things are going to get worse yesterday. In his homily. That's not a house, by the way, in this homily. The Pontus said it's a bitter time filled with the rumbling of war, growing injustice, famine, poverty and suffering. But at this bleak and disconcerting time, there are omens of even greater destruction. All right, we're we'll, we'll getting this. <clears throat> so, uh, you know, if some of you are a bit nervous about this time of year, be warned, it could get worse. He added that at Christmas, God's divine love and is coming down to tell us that the, the two is propitious time of salvation, which the Lord, through the Virgin Mother, continues to give us his son. He urged the Vatican congregation to get involved with each other, okay, without delay, to go out and meet our brothers and sisters who have been forgotten, discarded by our consumerist and indifferent societies. I think the Pope would be behind the RMT. I think the Pope and Mick Lynch would get on that house on fire. Though I don't think Mick Lynch will be a churchgoer. The pontiff uh, recounted the Bible verse from John 3:16. God, who so loved the world, sent his son born of a woman so that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. In the celebration of the Feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe, the Pope said that the Virgin Mary invites us to leave behind all prejudices and fears that populate our hearts and trust to the true God for whom we live, joyfully and confidently directing us to reaffirm our belonging to the Lord. <clears throat> with this in mind, Pope Francis called all members of the Pilgrim Church in the... I used to work with a guy called John Pilgrim at BBC Three Counties Radio. Nice guy, John. He had a lovely beard. Very wise man. Actually, he worked with a lot of wise men. What is it with beards and wise people? Trevor Littlechild, some of my other friends, he used to work at... He had a beard as well. Grey beard. Is there something about the grey beard that gives you wisdom? Maybe. Did Jesus, yeah, Jesus had a beard, didn't he? Did Joseph? Probably. Though I think all the Romans were shaved, weren't they? Yeah, the Romans, they were, we didn't like the Romans. And they didn't like Jesus. There you go, that's your uh, thought for the day. The Romans didn't like Jesus. Uh, with this in mind, Pope Francis called on all members of the Pilgrim Church in the Americas, pastors and faithful, to participate in the celebratory journey that aims to promote an encounter with God through the Our Lady of Guadalupe. She wants to remind us that it was a gospel that shaped the soul of Latin America and that as believers in Christ, it is our responsibility to be credible witnesses of the love of Christ, Jesus Christ and decisive protagonists in a building new culture. See what he did there? Brilliant. It's a classic speech thing if you're never going to speak. You build up the scenario. You know, desolation, you know, it's going to kick off. It's going to be a bull. It's going to hit the fan. And then you say, but we can, we can sort this out. Don't worry. Don't panic. We can sort it out because we just have to do something now. But I've seen a vision, by the way. I've got one of those sky glass programs and I've seen a vision and I, 
I'm warning you. So get your arses out and get some, yeah. I was going to talk about the, uh, a huge asteroid. I, I talk about asteroids every now and then, but um, huge 460 foot wide Christmas asteroid, a Christmas asteroid. That's another one. <clears throat> Christmas asteroid. Last Christmas you gave me an asteroid as big as your arse. But it's going to skim past. This is, these people just wind me up. They only they do mongers. Not the Pope. He's not a do monger because he saw a vision and he's got contacts. But 460 foot wide Christmas asteroid will skim past Earth this week, coming within 420,000 miles of our planet. Here's how you can see it. No thanks. Here's your final story, and it does relate a wee bit. It is a kind of Christmassy, a religious thing. Um, I don't know you, but I, I, you know, we've talked before about seeing Jesus and things. Scott's dad keeps chocolate revel that looks like Jesus enshrined in fridge for two years. Miles Campbell said he was at home watching a film while munching on a bag when he felt that one had a rather peculiar shape. A dad is so, a dad, a dad is so convinced that this chocolate revel looks like the baby Jesus that he's kept it like a shrine in his fridge for two years and banned his kids from eating it. Mal said he was at home, he's just watching a film while munching on a... I was just watching a film while munching on a bag of assorted chocolates when he felt that one had a rather peculiar shape. But when the 38-year-old pulled it out of the bag, he was stopped in his tracks as he noticed that it resembled a wee baby Jesus. The stunned dad... Well, you would be stunned, wouldn't you? The stunned dad of three said he couldn't bring himself to devour his divine discovery, so he kept it in the fridge for 20, the last 20, 40, 20 months. Photos captured by the painter and decorator <laughs> reveal that the brown chocolate with the white blob on it, complete with the eyes and mouth that resembles a swaddled baby Jesus Christ from Nativity. Nativity. Miles of Kilwinning used to go, uh, oh, used to be a bit of courting in North Ayrshire. Kilwinning, I. I was just watching this again. I was just watching a film eating this back. And I put my hand up. I looked and I thought, it looks strange, that. It just looked like a wee baby. Jesus, it stopped me immediately. It was the strangest thing. And my reaction was to show the kids, and they agreed that's what it's looked like. Wayne's, look. Baby Jesus in a revel. The astonished dad found the chocolate and he claims resembles the, God of, the Son of God last March. He said that eating it's completely off the cart and the kids know it's off limits too. I can't bring myself to it. It still lives in my fridge. My children know not to eat it either. Well, that's all your stories for today, everybody, and we can leave you with that very kind of story. So uh, check your uh, chocolates this Christmas and see if you can find the wee baby Jesus.